This is the Catalyst Podcast, Food for the Journey. Season 5, Episode 12. Meaning Matters. Hi, I'm Michael and welcome back to the Catalyst Podcast. Welcome to the season finale for Series 5. So, I'd like to say a massive thank you to our sponsor of the Catalyst Podcast, they are the masterclass sessions and they are some of the people the best in the world at what they do in business and life and every month they'll do a masterclass and you can book on, you can watch it live and ask them questions and talk to them or you can watch recordings and if you just send a quick email to michael at catalyst.co.uk or comment on social media about something you've enjoyed from the podcast, you'll be entered into a draw and you can win a whole year's access to the masterclass session for free and today we've got the winner latest winner of the competition if you remember the previous one Vicky Dolan Vicky loves the podcast and sends me lots of nice messages thank you Vicky our new winner today is Mr Mike Morgan so Mike Morgan is an incredible guy and he's a big fan of the podcast and one of his companies is called Diamond Theory so they make t-shirts and clothing for muscular individuals so if that's you click on the link in the show notes you can get yourself a t-shirt or a shirt and Mike said to me I love the podcast, Mike, because I listen to it in the car. It's like my car is now my university on wheels. University on wheels, I love that. So thanks, Mike. Uh, you are a winner for this month and I hope you enjoy further episodes in your uh, university on wheels. So throughout this season, we've been looking at my latest book, Loving Leadership. If you click on the link in the show notes, you can buy yourself a copy. I believe it's the best thing I've written so far in my life. I'm very, very proud of it. And it's a framework for leadership all kinds of leadership, whether you're a solopreneur, a business owner of a small team, a parent, a CEO of a multinational conglomerate. I try to think what can help people to be a good leader and where does that come from? And for me, the deepest part of being a leader, the best way, the best resource to draw from is the love that you have in your heart. So we've been through the first few chapters and we've looked at all sorts of various things. So if you haven't listened to previous episodes, make sure you go back and check them out. And today we're into the final chapter, Meaning Matters. What does that mean? (laughs) It means the meaning that you attach to something really does matter. That often it's not the thing itself, it's the meaning. And what we believe something means, what it adds up to, that is everything. So I'm going to try to help you with that today if you find that challenging. Because as a leader, that is one of the things you are called upon to provide meaning. So if you've listened to episodes of this podcast before, you'll know I'm a massive fan of a man called Greg Plitt. He's a wonderful man and he was a military man who got into fitness and was full of passion and love for discipline and integrity and for him the meaning of a fit body was that you take care of yourself and look after yourself and you try and provide yourself with the best chance in life. That's what a fit body meant to him, it wasn't just an aesthetic thing. And he had a great quote when he said, what it is is not as important as how you see it. And I used to be really challenged by that. I used to think, no, it is what it is. How you see it, that's subjective, that's up to you. And now I understand that how you see something is everything. If you think it's all over, it's all over. If you think it's just begun, it's just begun. If you think somebody's useless, you'll treat them as useless. If you think they're absolutely amazing and a wonderful human being and having unlimited potential, you'll start to draw that out. And meaning is everything. And I knew this as a teacher when I used to work as a teacher you have to help children and young people and adults to believe that there is meaning to who they are and what they do. Even if they can't see it, you see it for them first and you give them activities and opportunities to develop themselves. 
so that what they do becomes meaningful and it's adding up to somewhere. So for example, in high school, you know, you leave with qualifications, but that's not the meaning of the knowledge and the learning. That's just proof that you've got it. The meaning is a lot, lot deeper. So give an example of how a lack of meaning can just be so painful, especially in business. So I worked in supermarket a few years ago for several months, and it's really hard work. If you've never worked in supermarket, or if you do work in supermarket, I respect you and have a lot of love for you in time, because it's really hard work. You are hassled by the community and the public all the time. There's always something to do, and it's very stressful, it's very difficult. But the problem for me was, in very early on when I was working in the supermarket, I was quite young, I. I found it so hard because it was meaningless, meaning if I didn't do it, someone would just do it for me. So to know that you can be trying really hard and working really hard and doing all the right things seemingly, and it's not going anywhere, it's not adding up to anything, you've got nothing to show for it other than some money. That was really painful for me, and that was a very early indicator that, for me, I had to have meaning in who I am and what I do because the money or whatever was just not enough. I was like, no, no, I, I can't be doing that. So think about all the people you know right now who are working so hard and they find things so difficult and they just see it as, well, I'm just doing what I need to do. It doesn't really add up to anything. I'm nothing special. We can help these people. Seriously. You don't need to do the work for them. You don't have to make things any easier. All you have to do is to provide some meaning, provide some vision, help them to see that it adds up to something. Because as a leader, and especially as a loving leader, you are called upon to provide that meaning. Often people are so busy working for you, or they're so busy doing things, they can't see the wood for the trees, you've got to show them the forest. You've got to say, hey, I know you've got a splinter in your hand, right? But that's because you're climbing a tree. When you get to the top of the tree, you have to see the whole forest. You're the person who's got to help them with that, or at least initially show it to them so they can remind themselves. So I really thought about this, and I wanted to share a quick story that I've never really shared with you before. It's not in the book, and it's I don't think I've mentioned all of it. If you go to season one, episode uh, 10 you'll hear the backstory of why I started my business. So I'm not going to go into that. But just before I did, I went to Poland. I went to Krakow and I went to Auschwitz. And my travel agent at the time said to me, Mike, you're a really positive guy, but I think you would really get a lot from this trip. I think it'd be really meaningful to you. And I remember him saying that to me. And at the time I didn't really understand, but I trusted him. I thought, okay, I'll go and I'll, you know, I'll keep an open mind. I'm so glad I went. Because when I went, I was overcome with emotion and I was overcome with the sheer power of the situation and, and learning from the people and my tour guides and all the people that were teaching me. And I remember coming away from the situation, sitting down to some dinner in a hotel and crying because it suddenly, the whole the Holocaust and Auschwitz and everything I'd learned in it, you know, in books, in school, suddenly came to life. The meaning of it completely hit me between the eyes. And I realized this was a shared human history. It wasn't something that happened a while ago to some random people. This was my story, this was our story, this is a human story. It changed my world, it changed my life. And suddenly I understood meaning completely differently. That a thing or an event or a situation, you may think you understand it, or I thought I understood it, and I didn't. And suddenly the meaning behind it was so, so different. And so I came back from that trip so inspired by life, inspired by the negative, awful, terrible aspects of life, not just the good, positive goodies. I was, I was just so moved by the meaning that it, it brought into my life, which was 
bad stuff can happen so we need to be good people and do good things because bad stuff can happen and we we need to at the very least balance that out and I remember as soon as I came back from the trip I had such a vision of what I wanted to do and this idea of a global family that there was no more kind of us and them or being a certain nationality I, I didn't think like that anymore the meaning of what it meant to me to relate to other people completely changed and I remember reading Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl and Viktor Frankl survived the Holocaust, his whole family were killed. I'm a massive fan of that book so please check it out because it's so deep in terms of meaning. And I've got a quote from Viktor and he says, everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms, to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. And I remember being so inspired by that, thinking, if this man can choose his own way, what happened to him could mean my life is over. I'll always be traumatised. I'm always a victim. He didn't choose for it to mean that. He chose for it to mean something completely different. And that really inspired me because I thought, if he can choose that and that those things can mean that to him, what can my life mean to me? And I realised that that was the way forward. And in my work with Catalyst over the last five years or so, I've been really thinking about it as we've come to the end of this season and with the book and getting really good feedback from the book and realise, you know, what do I do well? And a big part of what I hopefully help people to do is to see things in a meaningful way that they matter and that what they do adds up and to see how and why and to hopefully help them to provide that meaning for themselves and for other people. So they're not like I was before in the supermarket, stressed and challenged and thinking it doesn't add up to anything. And they're not like Victor was where you've got something awful happen to you and you're paralysed to go forward. There's always a way forward, as he says, you can choose your own way. So I wanted to help you with how can you do that? (laughs) Because you might think, that's pretty heavy, Mike, you know, I'm trying my best to do that. Or I've got some people that I don't understand very well on my team or I don't really know where it's going or I'm struggling and... Last week I was thinking about thinking long term and that's I'm still working through that. Well, don't worry. I believe 95% of who we are and what we do can be trained, can be learned. There's that little bit of you that's you. But even that is always being developed. So providing meaning, if it doesn't come naturally to you, don't worry about it, I've got something to help you. And even if it does, this could be a good kind of checklist, kind of check back in. So I've come up with five different ways, again, that aren't in the books, and no spoilers for the book, Um, that can help you to provide a meaning for people because if you can help somebody to feel and see and believe that who they are and what they do adds up to something and is meaningful, even on the smallest level, you have given them and shared with them one of the greatest gifts that there is in life. There's nothing worse than feeling that you're not supported, you don't belong anywhere and that what you do doesn't really have any purpose, it doesn't matter, it doesn't add up to anything. On uh, LinkedIn, you have a little you know, summary for what do you do. And what I've written is, you know, developing leaders and training teams to know who you are, where you belong, and what your purpose is. Who you are, where do you belong, and what's your purpose. That's all about meaning, right? So the first suggestion I'd put to help you with meaning is to train your mind to be calm and consistent. Now, I've done previous podcasts on meditation, the benefits of meditation. To me, the easiest way to do that is to meditate It's the best way I've found over the last 10 years or so to help my mind to be calm and consistent. 
Now, you might not want to do meditation, you might not be familiar with it, do some exercise, spend some time with the family, do whatever you got to do to get your mind into that state where it's like a calm water and there's nothing in your head or very little or the noise has just been turned right down and you're like, okay, I'm all right. I'm all right. Now you might be thinking, I don't feel like that regularly. Well, you haven't found the ways that help you to get into that state yet. Keep searching. They're out there, 100%. For me, I found that meditation is the number one way. And what it does, it just helps you to kind of come back into that moment, get away from what you think things mean in the past and the future, and just be here. And once you're there, and you're calm, and you're consistent, and you're quiet, you can then say to your brain, like Victor was saying before, okay, what are we going to choose this means to me? Because if you think about, if you have children or if you've been in an emotional situation, something very challenging, you've had a meltdown or somebody knows had a meltdown, that you're not coming from the best part of your brain, right? You're not coming from the prefrontal cortex, the problem solver. You're op operating out the amygdala, you're operating out of that limbic system, the fight or flight, the survive mode. And the meaning that you choose in that is probably not going to be a good meaning. So whatever you can do to bring yourself out of that state and calm yourself down, just be calm and consistent in your mind. Do it. It's one of the best gifts you can give yourself. A calm, consistent mind that you can rely upon. Because as a leader, that's what people are going to want. They're not going to want to come to you and you be all over the place and say, well, I don't know. You know, They're going to want to come to you and you be able to go, right, okay, let's find a way forward. And if you're not in that state, then you can't offer that uh, opportunity to them. Second one is to think, well, what's meaningful to me and add it to the task that you're doing or what's meaningful to your people and add it to the task that they're doing. Go back to that thing I was saying before about if something's meaningless, somebody thinks they're doing something, they don't add, know how it adds up to the big picture. They don't have, you know, you don't have core values or you don't have a long-term vision or you don't have incentives or rewards or recognition in place, then people are just working. For what? For what, really? If you don't know, then they're not going to know. And... You can see at the moment a lot of people are leaving jobs and even retiring and leaving sectors because they're going, there's not enough meaning attached to this anymore. What work means to us now collectively, globally, over the last three, four years has completely changed and it'll probably never go back to how it was. Work used to mean I work hard to provide for my family and then I have my time at home and chill out for most people. And for a lot of people that's still the case, but it's shifting, isn't it? It's shifting more towards, can I contribute towards meaningful causes? What's this work adding up to? Where's it going? Sustainability, CSR and ESC <laughs> um, is adding up to people saying that I want my work to be meaningful. I want it to go beyond just the paycheck. So if you're struggling to motivate yourself to, to do something, just link it into something you care about. Saying, well, sending this email is going to help me to provide for my family. Or going to this meeting might help me to secure this, this new contract that's going to help with one of our sustainability goals. And if you don't know what's meaningful to somebody else, ask them. <laughs> and you can always link it back to that. The third way is to don't expect meaning to just be revealed straight away. You're not going to have a revelation. The clouds aren't going to part and someone's going to go, go there. That's the right thing to do. If you get that, fair enough. Maybe go with it. Um, but I'm pretty sure it ain't going to happen anytime soon, especially not today. And don't expect it. Meaning can be revealed over time. Use an emerging strategy. Can you imagine saying to a five-year-old at school, why are you at school, what's the meaning? And then saying to a 16-year-old, you're going to get the same question asked and you're going to get completely, hopefully, different results. If you ask the same question of a 30-year-old, a 50-year-old, a 70-year-old, a 100-year-old, what's life all about? Yeah, you're going to get different results and different answers because meaning changes over time. It can emerge. One of the most beautiful things I've learned about life is that 
it doesn't have to be the way it's, I think it's set up to be. In fact, that's a brilliant thing. All my small thinking has been re blown up to be proven to be completely wrong and out of whack. And it's actually much bigger and better and amazing I can think it'd be to be. So just pursuing the things that are meaningful to you, the things you love, keep going. And the meaning can emerge. So don't expect it to be revealed before you start the journey. It comes through the journey. The fourth way to provide meaning is to know what your values are and to live them. What values mean to you? What are your own personal values you think are the right thing to do? And then everything can become meaningful. There's a great phrase I think I heard once that is, any small task done for the love of God is never time wasted. What it means is, no matter what you're doing, if you're doing it with love in your heart, even if it's peeling potatoes or sweeping floors or t cleaning toilets, it's never time wasted because that's meaningful work. Now, I've cleaned toilets and I know that I did it out of love for the people I was working with in the hospital, and that's true. Whereas if I'd been told to clean a random toilet, I'd have probably hated it. So if you know your values and you're living them, then every single thing you do becomes meaningful because it becomes part of that meaning, part of your value. When you go out of line with your values and you're living in ways that, mm, it's not really being true to myself, then it becomes less meaningful. So just know those values, stick to them, and then the work you do will always be meaningful. And the final one I think is a beautiful one. There's a phrase called, if you see with the eyes of love, you might have also heard it um, described as mind sight. You're seeing with your mind and your heart beyond just what you see with your eyes. And if you're looking at a tree, you just see a tree. Well, seeing with the eyes of love as a loving leader is to just remind ourselves, and maybe to remind you if you don't know this, we think we see the world as it is. We think we physically see and we emotionally, intellectually see things as it is. I see it the way it is. You see it differently. You're wrong. I'm right. We think we see it as it is. We don't see it as it is. How could we? How could you see everything all at once at the same time? All you can see is what's in the room or outside in front of you. We see it as we are. So if we want to see it as an opportunity to practice love and be kind to people, then that's seeing what's called with what's called the eyes of love. We will see everything as meaningful as a chance to practice and be in love. If we don't see with the eyes of love, we just see it as we think it is. We're open to interpretations and getting things wrong. And I love that because I think it's a brilliant way to kind of finish talking about this book. See things. Imagine you're putting on your love shades, right? Your love glasses. And you see everything. Everything is a chance to practice love. Child's having a meltdown, chance to practice love. You're waiting in traffic, chance to practice love. You win a new client, chance to practice love. You get shown up in front of everybody, you get really embarrassed, chance to practice love to yourself, yeah? See it with the eyes of love. When you see things with the eyes of love, everything becomes meaningful because everything becomes a chance to be part of this love. It's very, very powerful that. And by love, remember I said right at the start, it's only love that has the depth and to handle the complexity, the challenges and all the rubbish that we have inside. You know, only love leading from that place of love towards ourselves and towards other people, only that's gonna give us the depth that we need to draw from. Not our likes, not our preferences, not our hobbies, you know, not the latest thing online. They will all shift and change in days, if not hours. The deep, the deep of love, we draw from that love, we live it, we're not sure, but willing to try and see with the eyes of love and keep going and believe in people. You know, we're gonna say like chapter one was no more enemies. Chapter two, we're gonna grow and develop. Number three, we're gonna embrace that paradox. Number four, we're gonna treat those relationships as sacred. Number five, we're gonna think long-term. And then finally, we're gonna understand that the meaning we give to something really matters. If you do those things, they will add up and you will be drawing from the depths of you. And you do not know just how much depth and how much love you truly are capable 
off. So give it a try. And I hope that you've enjoyed this season and I hope you've enjoyed hearing my thoughts and me elaborating on my first two books. And thank you for spending time with me. As always, it, it, it means the world to me to know how much you appreciate these podcasts and some of you even love them, which is wonderful and I'll keep making them for you. So until we speak again, just take one thing from today, maybe one of the five techniques, maybe check out the Victor Frankl book or just consider thinking through seeing your life through the eyes of love and try it out and see what happens. And even if you don't, just know that right now, just as you are, somebody loves you very, very much. Okay, take care and I'll see you in season six.